Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and as always, joining me is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, man, not much, Mike. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm re- recovering from my vacation. I saw that you uh, got Mark Roberts out of retirement. That was pretty impressive for uh, last week's trade deadline show. And overall, I thought it went pretty well. Uh, Mark was battling the illness, but he he brought it like always. Mark knows his stuff. He gives people what they wanted. Yeah. Um, he is the godfather. He is the one who I think started both of us doing podcasts. Um, I believe, unless you had a secret podcast I didn't know about before that. Uh, nope. He, he was the man who got me into it. So props to Mark Roberts for doing the show and for inspiring all of us young podcasters out there to believe in themselves and follow their dreams. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, still recovering from vacation, still catching up on all the news. Uh, it was a fun vacation out in uh, Park City. I was snowboarding, and I uh, think I got a concussion, though, because I swear I saw that the Bulls traded Taj Gibson for, for nobody. I, I think I saw that, but uh, it must have been just a concussion, I think. Oh, come on, Mike. You're not a Cameron Payne kind of guy? I am not uh, interested in a guy who couldn't play for a team that needed another guard. But, dude, I'm, I mean, just look at that guy, man. He's got to be your new favorite player. Absolutely not. I, uh, in Chicago, you got to earn your, uh, your respect. And uh, right now, he doesn't have any. So... Um, get, I hope, I hope he gets on it, but no matter how you look at that, it was a terrible, terrible trade. Um, I'm with you on that. It was not a good trade for the bulls, but yeah, no matter how you looked at it, you couldn't get anything. I still don't think it was the worst trade anyone pulled off. I, I, I think I could debate that it was worse than the boogie trade. Uh, no, because they gave up literally one of the top. 10 or 15 players in the NBA for a steaming pile of nothing. Now, yeah. On paper, the boogie trade is definitely maybe the worst trade in NBA history, or at least close up there, but at least Sacramento is going in a direction. The Chicago bulls have neither built around Jimmy Butler with this trade, nor decided to rebuild with this trade. It was some decent players for, one prospect in garbage. By the way, what we threw in a second round pick? What was the second round pick for? No matter how you look at it, this is it's a terrible, terrible trade. You got nothing for Taj Gibson. You're basically trading Doug McDermott, a prospect who can shoot, for Cameron Payne, a prospect who can't shoot. And then you're throwing in an old man Doug McDermott with Anthony Morrow who has forgotten how to shoot. And then you're giving a second round pick. You're saying, Oh yeah, take our second round pick too, even though we give you two of the top you know, five best players in this in this in this uh, trade. It's a terrible trade. Well, and and that was what I don't get is why why was the pick not going the other way? Yes, I mean if, if the pick if there was a pick involved, you would think the Bulls would have got the pick, not given the pick. Right? If, I mean, if that pick isn't involved, or if it goes the other way, you kind of go, it's not a good trade. But the the pick going the other way makes it oh, technically the second worst trade. Of the trade deadline, if not the worst, because not what are the Bulls doing? What are they doing? Nobody knows. It's terrible. They did beat the Cavs though the other night, so whatever. They are, and and that's what's been crazy about them this year. Kind of is like 
they do the stupidest thing you could think of, and then they win a big game, like dominating the Cavs by 18 points. And you're like, how did that happen? It's very typical Bulls. Um, I could go on for a lifetime about how uh, how incompetent Garpax is, but uh, let's let's get into the fancy news. There's a lot going on right now. As as the season winds down, I'm interested to have a big Bulls discussion on what Mike would do if he was the GM. Well, there probably will be an article on our sponsor, hashtagbasketball.com, about what the Bulls should do moving into the future uh, by yours truly at some point later in the season. Um, I like to get a feel for who you know Cameron Payne is and the rest of these guys, um, even though I don't think they're going to be consequential whatsoever. So I guess if you're really looking for Bulls news, be prepared. Hey, I will say this. If campaign turns into their starting point guard for like the next eight years, that trade doesn't look so bad. Uh, no, it doesn't. But uh, Cameron Payne's 22 and he could barely break. Um, hey, I'm not saying it's going to happen. 16 minutes on the uh, – on the, uh, all, I'm saying, City. all I'm saying is it's possible. Mm. Uh, if you say so. There's a some percent chance. I'm not saying it's a good percent, but a percent. Um, yeah, a single digit percent. Um <laughs> so let's get right let's get into the injury news because everybody that's the the most pressing matter. Injury probably, news. Injury, probably, news. Yeah, injury news. Great uh great intro. I didn't know we got new drops. Did did you guys install drops when I was gone? Oh I, I told you I've been working on my, my drop voices. Oh brilliant. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, this is uh, the first injury is a sad injury, especially for me. Uh, Joakim Noah out for the season. Um, one of my favorite players of all time. One of my favorite Bulls as well. Um, probably non-consequential into anybody who's in a standard league, but maybe if you were streaming him in a 12-team league or had him in a 14 to, or plus league, out for the season. Is, this, uh, is anyone on the uh, Knicks coming in to uh, replace Joakim Noah's minutes. I, Noah's been kind of out anyway, but uh, what do you see? How the how's that going to affect the lineup over there? Well, I mean, I think that Willie Hernan Gomez had a had a great game tonight. Um, in the sense that he got thirty four minutes. Um, he had nine rebounds. He had two assists. He had eight points. He had a steal. Um, the team loves to kind of pull the rug on you and, and they'll play Hernan Gomez big minutes for a couple games. And then they'll play Kylo Quinn big minutes for a couple games. And both guys are kind of interesting when they get the big minutes, even in a standard league, but this deciphering, which one is going to get the big minutes on any given night is never an easy task. Yeah. And that's been an issue. Noah has been out for a while and Chris Stapps has been uh, out a few games with a ankle injury. It does, Seem that Chris Stapps should be back pretty soon. I don't know if he uh, – let me check to make sure. I don't think he played in their last game. Um, yeah, Chris Stapps sprained his ankle, and he has not played in the you know last – actually, it's been about seven games. So you're kind of looking – you should already have like a good sample size of what they are doing. And – Let's say it's a timeshare between Hernan Gomez and Kylo Quinn. Do you want either one of those guys on your standard league team? And if so, which one? 
It's a timeshare, meaning they they chop the forty eight minutes exactly down the middle. Twenty four, twenty four. Wow, you're making it difficult on me, Mike. Um, do I want either one in a standard league? No, but I mean, if they're the best option, if 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 I have one spot open and I'm looking at the waiver wire and I'm thinking, well, one of these two is the best option. I am probably going to go for Kylo Quinn just because he gives you a lot more block production. Yeah. He's also uh, not terrible at steals and he's solid at rebounds. Not, not great at rebounds. I think this is a really tough one. If they're playing both playing 24 minutes, I like, I think I like Kylo Quinn's stats across the, the board a little bit better just because he does a little, a little bit of everything other than shoot threes. You do got to watch his um, free throw percentage, though. He, he shoots about 70, somewhere in that 73 to 75% range. And he's not, um, when he shoots in um, bulk, at least lately, he's been shooting under 50%, but for the season, he's been shooting 53%. Uh, when you switch it over to Hernan Gomez, on the other hand, um, similar percentages, but less steals, more rebounds, and uh, I don't know. The blocks are about the uh, blocks are about the same. I think this is kind of a, a tough decision. I'm with you there. Um, it, it could really go either way, um, and so if you're taking a flyer, and only one guy is available, and the other one. Is, is taken. I, I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to take a flyer, regardless of which guy that is. And if I'm going to pin myself to one of the two men, just based on who I think is going to get the playing time, I think they're going to give it to Hernan Gomez. So that's the guy I would pick up just because I think he's going to get a few more minutes than Kylo Quinn going forward. Yeah, all things equal, Kylo Quinn does more for you in across the board in nine cat fantasy. Um, but it does look like they want to know what Hernan Gomez is, who he is. He's 22, and he has been giving the starting role for the last five games. I'm not really sure I see him giving up that starting role. So if you're in a need for a big man, kind of a traditional big man, even in a standard league, I would take a flyer on him. If uh, if that's one of the few big men left on the on the waiver wire, uh, it, lo- it does look like he will be playing at least significant minutes for the rest of the season. I am totally with you there. R.I.P. Joakim Noah. I hope this is not his last season. Uh, that would be very sad for me. He's coming back to the Bulls, man. This guard packs is the next move. Oh my god! Uh, think uh, think we're not paying. The jo- Love Joakim Noah, but I'm glad we're not paying that. 17 million next year for him. Glad you're not paying that freight. Yeah, that would be um, glad we didn't give him the legacy Kobe contract. That does not look like a good deal at all. Uh, good job, Phil. Yeah, another terrible uh, pickup by the Knicks. And I mean, are the Knicks still paying like Stefan Marbury and all those guys too? Like, how many how many guys are they paying who are not on their team still? A lot. A lot. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a there's a hefty number there. I'd have to look up exactly what that number is, but it is not good. It is it's an embarrassing amount of people. Let's see. What other injuries have we seen? Uh looks like oh, there's two two big ones. Well, one is a little speculative. Uh Joel Embiid out indefinitely. 
Uh, and this reeks of the process. What's uh, what's going on in Philly right now? Um, a lot of crazy things, right? I mean, they traded away uh, Nerlens Noel. Yeah, that was a little and bit so surprising. That... I think we thought Okafor would move, but it turned out they moved Noel, which, I mean, I w- that's not what I would have done, but, uh, you know, it wasn't – I don't think it was a terrible haul, but Dallas really didn't have to give up too much for Nerlens Noel. Uh, I, I just think Philly waited too long to trade any of these guys, and they got 60 cents on the dollar, just like everybody's been saying for, like, the last year. Well, and it was simple supply and demand, right? I mean, when you have too much of one asset, no one in the market is too eager to give you a ton for it because, I mean, they know eventually you're going to have to move it. Um, yeah, and that um, and that one through eight protected first round pick seems like a bad idea for Philly because it seems like Dallas is going to get a top eight first round draft pick. And there doesn't seem to be any – I don't know if there's a conditional. Like if it's not in the top eight, you get our next year's, you know, unconditional. Kind of like the, the Kings did to the Bulls, which somehow worked out for the Kings. Um, I, I think that it, it's a, it becomes a second rounder next year. Did I read that right? For the New Orleans? New Orleans? New Orleans? Yes, I, I believe so. Um, might be. I, I, I haven't seen the full details on that. Um. But for Philly, with Embiid out indefinitely, do you think Embiid plays another game this season? Because it doesn't sound like it's a serious injury, but it does seem that they want to tank to get another great pick. Um, does Embiid play again? Yes, it does go to a second-round pick. Ah, okay. That makes a little bit more sense, sort of. Um. So what was the question now? I'm sorry, I was looking that up. No, that's fine. Thanks for actually looking stuff up. Um, unlike me who just says, I don't know, figure it out yourself. Google it yourself, people. Um, Joel Embiid is, not, uh, is allegedly not playing for the rest of the season, out indefinitely. Do you think he plays another game this year? No. Do you think Ben Simmons plays another game this year? They basically said he wasn't. No. All right. So no Joel Embiid, no Ben Simmons. What's going on with this team? And, and then now Noel's out. Joel Okafor is going to play, like what, like 50, 50 minutes a game somehow? Like they're going to play him in two positions at, at some point? What's what's the deal with the the Philly rest of the season? This team just got a really, really interesting, and I do believe it was one of our – actually, I will give myself my own shout-out. Philadelphia, Mike Catron's most interesting team for the second half. Looks like that panned out. Uh, what's going on in Philly? Um, well, I mean, the, the the move is the same move it's been, right? I mean, we're not going to try to win any games. No. Nope. Um, because we have a potential to get a lot of really high picks again. I mean, they could get that Lakers one. And, I mean, this team, I mean, already has a lot of good young assets. And, and in the sense that they just traded New Orleans Noel for – not what Nerlens Noel was worth. Sets maybe, um, and they're they're going to accumulate some more here. Um, for fantasy, there's a ton of really fun guys we can talk about. Uh, Robert Covington has been just awesome uh, for about the last what month, maybe even a little bit more. 
Yeah, uh, Covington has been in some sort of beast mode. He is, in fact, in the last four games, which is an incredibly small sample size, but in the last four games, he has been the best player in nine-cat fantasy basketball, period. Uh, in the last month, he's been fourth. Um, and that just goes to show you, he started out the season probably on a lot of people's waiver wires. He was uh, forgot how to shoot the ball. And that's just how well he's played in the last couple, basically the last couple months. So, um, and you're you're probably a, a bigger Roto guy than me, even in the sense that you probably play a few more Roto leagues than I do. Um, how do you view Coving's 38.9% field goal percentage on the season on 10 attempts in a Roto league? Like, is that a complete no, I almost don't want this guy at all? Or do you feel like you can rebound from that? Um, still win the league. It's something you have to keep um, an eye on, right? But 10 attempts isn't a ton. And he's taking more now that he's he's got his shot back, which does seem that he's a little bit smarter. He's shooting uh, in the last three months, he's, sh- he's shooting over 42%. Um, so he's taking a, little, a few more shots, making a few more of them. He is completely worth it, in my opinion, to have on a on a team, even in a roto team. I think you can come back from someone who shoots barely sub forty, but gives you two three pointers a game and two steals a game and basically a block a game. Two steals and a block a game is completely worth it in any league and in roto leagues. It's uh, I think really valuable. And throw in the fact that he is, I mean, I think he's getting he's averaging the same amount of rebounds as um okafer is this season let me make sure i'm not just talking out of my ass well and um, and, and, and averaging more rebounds than julio okafer in regards of that point that's a really good rebounding percentage for a wing player six rebounds a game is is really really good for a wing yeah he's um he does everything else like certainly his field goal percentage hurts you and, but and it doesn't kill you and that's my point is I will see, especially in Roto Leagues, guys say, oh, his field goal percentage is too bad. I don't want him. Well, yes, I mean, it's something you got to monitor and you got to have some some high field goal percentage guys to kind of balance the scale. But, I mean, if you're giving me two steals a block, two three-pointers, and six rebounds a game, I'm taking it. Yeah, I don't think it's that hard to mitigate field goal percentage because most – players shoot somewhere between 40 and 60. And if someone's, you know, below that, yeah, it's a little bit detriment. Like Lou Williams, Lou Williams is a bit, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but a bit of a detriment, but he does a lot of other things that most players don't like score. Uh, so you can't really ignore those guys. If you you are not punting, like in, in a Roto League, you probably shouldn't be punting any stats. You don't want a bunch of those guys. You don't want Mello and Lou Williams and Robert Covington on your team. Uh, and Derrick Rose, that well, that's a bad draft. What are you doing? That was a terrible draft. Why would you draft those players? Uh, as long as you're conscious of your bad field goal players, you can have a bad field goal player. And Robert Covington, I mean, I'm not moving Robert Covington. This is obviously a sell-high time for Robert Covington because I don't think he's going to be any better than he is now. He's almost um, he's averaging you know over three steals a game in the last month. I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to move him because I don't think you're going to get much back for Robert Covington because I think people don't really respect Robert Covington's um, stats and and they think he's streaky, which he is. 
Robert Covington, I think, is always a player who's more valuable to you than he is in a trade. I would agree. You're not. You're gonna. You're gonna basically pull in Nerlens Noel and get sixty cents on the dollar for Robert Covington, and um, you don't want to do that. Um, are you? Okay. Are you picking oh, up Julio? Uh, all right, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry. Are you picking up Julio Okafor that's, in any leagues? That's exactly where I was gonna go. Perfect. Okay. I am going to give you a hypothetical situation. All right. I like, I like these. One that I don't think is actually going to be the case. Okay. So we've we've already said Embiid is out. They give Okafor the exactly 30 minutes a game they gave him last season. Are you picking up Jalil Okafor? And if so, he is a top what player for the rest of the season? Hmm. Well, Philly is weird. And players usually, I mean, their pace is usually up. Okafor is going to get a lot of touches because they got nothing else to do. But only 30 minutes, huh? Well, like like tonight. I mean, and tonight's kind of a good example. They played the Warriors, which are very, very good against centers. He only played 17 minutes because he got in foul trouble. Yeah. That's pretty bad. There are going to be nights like that for Okafor regardless. Of, of the opponent. He he always seems to find some foul trouble or just find a way to lose a few minutes because he does something dumb. I mean, just it's hard for him to get average any more than 30 minutes a game. But if you, if you look at the game before that, and if you go look at some of his games last year, when they got nothing else to do but give the ball to him, you know, against the Knicks, he had 28 points and 10 rebounds. But not much else. Um Oh, he could be a double double monster the rest of the season. You're not. You're not. I'm not going to argue that point. And uh, a great field, a field goal percentage. I think in standard league head to head, he is ownable. If he's going to play thirty, especially if he's going to play thirty plus for the rest of the year, because it's hard to get points off the waiver wire. He's going to give you points. He's going to give you a lot of points. He's not going to do much else. I just he's not a guy who does steals or blocks terribly well and his assists are you know subpar and his rebounding isn't great it's not bad it's it's perfectly fine in a roto league i might stay away from him i'm flipping the book back to last year and looking at that 30 minute line and thinking that's probably about what it's going to look like this year seven rebounds a little 1.2 blocks maybe he gets it up to 1.3 or 1.4 Gets you like 17 and a half, 18 points. The steals are kind of not really there at less than half a game. No threes, bad free throw percentage. I mean, he's just not super, super interesting. Like, I, I think this is a guy I would trade. Because I yeah. think his, his name you, value makes people think he's something. And he's, I mean, he's a back end of your roster type guy, I think. You, you might be right about that, considering all the hype about the fact that he's the only center left in town. He's going to play a lot of minutes. People might get, be getting interested in him on the team. This might be a sell-high time for him. A few more games like tonight, and you're not going to be able to get hardly anything for him. Uh, but if he throws together another 28-10 and 10 game, uh, I think you can sell high because those are, those are stats that look great to people. But when you look at the rest of what he's doing, not so good. He also turns the ball over a little too much for a big man for me, and his free throw is is really bad. 
um, and that could hurt you in roto leagues. I'm staying away from it in a, in a in a roto league unless it's kind of a bigger league and a standard ten team. I don't want him. I think he could crack the top 100, but it's it's going to be it's going to be barely. I am with you on that. So, say in another hypothetical situation, backup big man, power forward slash center, Rashawn Holmes somehow made, works his way into 25 minutes a game. Are you mm. interested in picking him up? And what kind of ceiling do you place on that as far as he could be a top what player? That is a little bit more interesting because um, there's not a giant sample size for him. But he has shown flashes of, of, of pretty good fancy numbers across the board, including um, kind of a interesting-looking block numbers. Um. I mean, the potential for a and steal, we're running out of big men, right? a couple I mean, blocks. It's, it's, it's worth mentioning that what other big men do they really have other than Sarich, who we can talk about if you want. He has been really, really good. But they got to give this guy some minutes, right? You would think, but it's Philly. I mean, they're not trying to win. I don't know what they're trying to do. I would um, – I'd much rather have Sarge than either one of these guys. Sarge has been playing very well. Oh, I think Sarge is a top 70, maybe even 60 for the, rest, the rest of the way. For the rest of the season? Um, I think it's a little aggressive, but I do like him. I do like him a lot. Um, he does need to improve um, his shooting a little bit. And in the our favorite stat, steals and blocks, he's not – He's not a one block, one steal type of guy, but he's interesting enough. He he shoots threes. He gets a lot of rebounds and uh, scores quite a bit. And it does kind of sound like we're making him out to be basically a little bit better Okafer, which might be true, but I'd rather have Sarge because of of the three point three pointers. Um, And the fact that he's just, you know, he's, there's a little bit of a unknown ceiling there. And I think he's turning it on. I, th- I think the steal. I mean, the steals. Uh, if you look just like for the month of February, um, he's getting 29 minutes a game, uh, shooting 44.7 percent. Uh, he's getting you know, one and a half threes a game, eight rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal, and 16.6 points. Which I mean, that's that's a pretty good line. Yeah, um, I like him better than I, I would rank him. Saric, Okafor. Um, and then I would put Holmes last there. Holmes is someone to keep on your radar, though. And the interesting thing to me mostly about Holmes is he's got the potential to be, if he can get like 26, you know, maybe probably not going to get any more minutes than that. He's shooting a good field goal percentage. He can chip in some three-pointers. He's actually shooting 37.5% in 16 minutes uh, so far this season. So he can give you maybe like, half to three-quarters of a three-year game. Um, he's averaging 0.9 blocks and 0.6 deals in 16 minutes. So if he gets up to like 26, that, those numbers could become pretty interesting in a hurry. Yeah, I, I think he's got nowhere to go but up, and he's improved already this year, which is always a plus. So that usually means a player will continue to improve. Uh, if, you, if you improve you know, significantly on the eye test even – uh, in your first year, it's really a good sign. 
So that's that. You were right. This is probably kind of the most interesting team for fantasy in the sense that they got a lot of guys who have been on the waiver wire or may still even be on the waiver wire that can give you some nice value going forward. Yeah, I'd say uh, keep a uh, keep an eye on their box score, see what they're doing, see what the rotation is. Um, another injury alert. Injury uh, alert. On, you got to drop the name of the show. Like you know how they always talk about that in movies when they say the name of the movie in the in the movie. Come on, you got to tell them. They got to keep watching the you boxes. Keep watching the boxes for Philly. Do, 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 do. There you go. Now you're getting them. Like, there's the drop. <laughs> you're watching the box moment of the night is team of the night is Philadelphia. Um, let's hit the latest injury, probably the most devastating injury to all fantasy players who own him, Kyle Lowry. <sighs> What a rough, what a rough way to come back from the All Star break. Little suspicious. He was in the All Star game. He did participate in the three point contest, right? When did this injury happen? I wonder. That's kind of what I was. I've been thinking. Um, they said that he has loose bodies in his right wrist. Um, like and that's a, basically what he's getting taken out. Sounds like a movie. Um, so what I'm assuming is this kind of been a, it's, it's probably kind of been one of those things that's been bugging him for a while and he just didn't really get it checked out. And then probably he got a chance to have a break and did get it checked out. And then they were like, well, you're kind of messed up. And then he decided I'm just going to have the surgery and hopefully come back in time for the playoffs. Um, dude's been really good this season. Like really good. Yeah. Um, Um, really a top 10 player. Really impressive. He has uh, dropped off in the last month, and you wonder if that wrist injury had been bothering him longer than people know. And I think it's a smart move for Toronto. Just let's be, you know, let's get everybody healthy for the playoffs, and let's make our run of the playoffs. They went all in. They made the trade for Ibaka, which I thought was a really good trade for them. Um, and just goes to kind of a weird trade for Orlando, but at least Orlando's trying to do something, I guess. Uh, who knows what they're trying to do, but um, Abaka, they're they're up there with Chicago and uh, Sacramento in the uh, yeah, worst GM slash ownership uh, pool. Yeah, who's making the worst decisions? It's tough to decide at this point. Um, Abaka has played three games for Toronto. And they've been pretty similar to his games in Orlando. Uh, have, do you see Ibaka's, I guess, stock going up or down in Toronto? And does the Kyle Lowry injury really matter at all to him? No. I mean, Ibaka, I think he is what he is at this point. I don't see him, you know, doing anything for him. Um, the blocks aren't what they used to be. If they were, he'd be really exciting for fantasy still. Um, but, I mean, I think he's like a, a one to one and a half block a game guy now. Um, I actually think the steals could drop off um, back to their level they were, obviously, in, in for the rest of his career. So he's only going to get like half instead of the one and a half he's gotten in the two games here. Um, so he's going to be like, you know, a half, one and a half blocks and half a steal, 15 points. Seven rebounds and assists. I mean, it's going to be the same. 
Well, this has really killed uh, Jonas Valachunas's uh, minutes. Uh, Jonas has only played in the three games that Abaka has been there, 17 minutes, 22 minutes, and 19 minutes. That's well below his average and, and I think, season. I think Mark and I talked about this. I think the Wayne Casey just hates Jonas Valanciunas. Am I wrong about this? Um, but then why didn't he throw him in the deal to and send him to Orlando? You know, if he hates him that much, he certainly has never played him in a fourth quarter well, and been happy about it. You assume Orlando was smart enough to ask for Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot who we're dealing with. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't love the trade for Jonas Valanciunas's value because I think they're going to let Serge Ibaka or somebody else play some minutes at center. Um, at this point, I, I just I don't think that Jonas Valanciunas is a is on the list of players that the coaches want to play. I think the management probably likes Jonas Valanciunas a lot more than the coach. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's safe to move on from Jonas. He's been barely struggling to stay in the top 100 anyway. And I, I think with these even limited minutes, that falls even further. Keep an eye on it. I mean, if he played 30-plus minutes, he would be a very good fantasy player. But he's not, and he might just drop down to 20 minutes a game. And that's just uh, just not that great because P.J. Tucker's playing a little bit more. They're moving uh, Damari Carroll into the four spot a little bit more. Patrick Patterson's still there. So they're doing a, they have a very versatile lineup now and versatility is going to allow the coach to play matchups however he wants. And as we all know, he doesn't like Jonas and Jonas is a bad matchup for anyone who uh, could score on any team because he's, he cannot play defense. And then I think that's it. He's a bad fit for this new NBA in the sense that he's very big and he, so and he can't guard to begin with. And so, I mean, he's a big rebound guy who shoots good percentages, but no threes and not that many points and no defensive stats. So I don't really see why you're holding on to him if he's getting 20 minutes a game. Yeah, I, think I, I mean, I think he's a skilled offensive player, but just, it's not there. Yeah, the minutes aren't there. I think you can safely get away from him. With Kyle Lowry out for the rest of the year, are you interested in Corey Joseph uh, replacing him? Because he did get the start uh, for the last um, three games. I am interested in picking him up in a standard league in the sense that any point guard who starts and plays over 30 or, you know, I mean, he's been getting, what, like 34 minutes a game um, is, is worth owning. Um, if he can get you six assists and a steal and – 12 to 15 points. I mean, that's probably worth owning. So yeah. I I mean, I'm probably going to pick him up, but do I think he's one of my 10 best players? One of my starters in a standard league? Um, Probably not. Yeah. I'm not even, not even excited about picking him up. I'm picking him up. If I have to, I'm not picking him up because of I'm picking him up opportunity. Cause I just don't even think there's, there's much there. There's much, not much there at all. I'm picking him up on a team if I'm light on assists. I'm picking him up if the guy I'm going to be playing in the playoffs is needs assists to beat me in the category, and I think I can kind of snake him. Um, I, I'm not super excited about him. I think he's a maybe a barely top 100 player, probably not even the rest of the way in 34 minutes again. Yeah, 
stay away. I'd say if you're in a bigger league, you know, you know what to do. That's a, it's a, someone who was starting minutes, but uh, standard leagues, especially roto leagues, was good. I mean, he's not exciting. He's not an exciting player. He doesn't do anything great. He doesn't do anything well. Even um, I'm not picking him up in a in a in a small standard league. I'd like to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, NoHalftime.com. If you haven't heard about NoHalftime.com, it's a pretty cool mobile app for fantasy sports. Basically, No Halftime allows you to create a player versus player challenge in most of the major sports, so NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the PGA. You can basically do anything. You can take uh, Raymond Felton versus Garrett Temple, and whoever ends up having the best night wins. It's a, it's a pretty simple concept, but there's basically endless possibilities, endless uh, combinations you could actually come up. It's uh, different than other traditional fantasy services because your lineup really just consists of one player, not a whole team where you're going against a ton of people. You've you got one player versus one person. If you like uh, betting on fantasy sports, especially the NBA, go ahead and go to nohalftime.com right now and use the promo code BOXES, that is B-O-X-E-S, to get started today. There's a couple other issues going on in the uh, NBA, starting with the New York Knicks suddenly dropping Brandon Jennings for un- for really no reason other than Brandon Jennings wanted to be dropped. What do you make of this? What's going on here? Um, I asked you about this at the start of the, the podcast, uh, right before we got going, I said, so what, so Brandon Jennings just said to the Knicks, Hey, can you guys, it's like, yeah, is that what happened? Really? Cause like, that's the report I'm getting. Like he was just like, I, I want to be waived. And they were like, all right. All right. Cool, man. See ya. I, that's really surprising, especially it's not like they have a lot of point guards laying around. And it's not like Derrick Rose is the healthiest point guard in the world. Um, it's, so that that probably means one of two things, right? Either there was a bad chemistry fit with a single player or a group of players on the team, or he's maybe not the best guy in the locker room, right? I mean, like there, there's got to be a reason why you just want to be like, hey, man, don't don't come back. Yeah, I feel like the locker room thing, There, there has been – Whispers about him not being a great locker room guy when he was in Milwaukee. Um, I think that's why they they moved away from him. Went with uh, Brandon Knight uh, when he went to Detroit, and obviously Detroit moved on as well. Um, kind of strange to see him go. I actually kind of think maybe he thought he was going to go to the Cavs, and then the Cavs signed Darren Williams. Darren Williams is now going to play for the Cavs a, a bit, but he's absolutely not going to start. Is Darren Williams still relevant in a standard league? No, he could be. I mean, there's a potential for it. Are but, you, yeah, are you sure? But, I mean, how many minutes is he really going to get? Well, with the fact that Kyrie and LeBron have been playing record minutes, right, do you see a, a world where Darren Williams kind of takes that – remember when Mo Williams was on this team and he was suddenly playing, you know, 29, 30 minutes a game, giving rest to everybody – Okay, so how many minutes does Darren Williams need to be relevant in a standard fantasy league? <sighs> Probably at least 28 to 30. Probably around 30. And that's that's usually the case, right, for anyone. I mean, 
they need right around 30 minutes in a standard league because it's, it's just so shallow. Um, he has been relevant in 29 minutes. I mean, he's getting seven assists for Dallas and 13 points. I mean, there's not much steal or almost no block numbers. Um, but seven assists is, is, is a lot of assists. Um, I don't think he's going to get that on the Cavs. I think he probably settles into like 26 minutes. And I think that that probably drops him just below the kind of – he's a streamer. But he's probably not a guy you're you're latching onto in a standard league at this point. And in my opinion, now if he gets the thirty minutes, I think he's worth it. But I don't think he's gonna get it. Yeah, you could see a world where he does play a little bit more for Kyrie. Um I got a question for you with Darren Williams then. Would you rather have Corey Joseph or Darren Williams the rest of the year? Mike, you're asking the good questions. Um um, probably Corey Joseph, just I know he's going to get the minutes, and I'm afraid Darren does not get the minutes. Yeah, he's kind of guaranteed to I – mean, uh, or just kind of guaranteed to play because Kyrie or, or Kyle Lowry is going to be out. And they don't really have another true point guard, right? I mean, they could, like, let DeMar kind of run the sets, but I don't think they want to do that a ton and make him guard the other team's point guard. No. Um, you know, he's going to shoot a lot more, so he doesn't need to be – carrying the ball as well um would you like Corey joseph the rest of the year or tj mcconnell um mcconnell but i'm a i'm an irrational fan of that man i think i think you are as well because i <laughs> um i think it's kind of a toss-up there the steals are great but he doesn't score at all um so i guess that no it's, it, it's steals steals and assists only right i mean pretty much no threes either, which that that's usually what hurts you is for a point guard is there's not there's no real assists there's no real threes and there's no real points. Um, he's shooting good percentages, but there's no attempts, so that doesn't really help you either. Yeah, it's kind of weird because Darren Williams can hit the threes when he's when he's shooting well, and can get up to close to seven per, uh, seven assists per game. Yeah, I think Darren Williams is probably droppable in standard leagues. Um, do you think Brandon Jennings ends up on any other team now that he's off of the Knicks? Someone's going to take a shot on him, right? I mean, what? I mean, or the Chicago Bulls need a point guard, another point guard. I think the Bulls are going to build a team of just point guards. They're going to start getting rid of uh, Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade and just get point guards. They already have, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the five guard, uh, five guard sets they're going to be rolling out. It's going to be great. Um <laughs> Let's actually talk about the Bulls real quick. Over the last couple games after the trade, Nico Miritich has really come on pretty strong. Uh, Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott, who played a majority of minutes at the three and the four, a the positions that Nico likes to kind of sneak between, are, go- are gone. Now, for some reason, Bobby Portis is starting, even though he's never seen a video on how to play defense in his entire life. Um do you think Nico Miritich hey. should be picked up if he's on a waiver wire? Don't be smirch crazy eyes, okay? I wouldn't want to cross that guy. <laughs> um, Nico Miritich is a guy who has the ceiling of a top 50 player if he got 34 minutes a night. The question is, does he get the 34 minutes a night? Always. Um I'm a big fan. I'd probably pick him up after the last two games. 
Just hope he gets the minutes. Um, he can make threes. He's going to rebound. He's going to steal. He's going to score if he gets the minutes. I, I mean, I'm a fan. No, even if he even if he doesn't get 34 minutes tonight, if he kind of hovers between you know some nights 34, some nights 26, if he's hitting um, around 30 minutes a game, but is actually uh, shooting above 40 percent, I think he's a must own. And I mean, like you can just look at the line from last year in, in 25 minutes. I mean, two threes a game, 5.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.7 blocks, one almost a steal, 12 points. I mean, you give that a nice few minute bump and looking at a real legit fantasy guy. Oh yeah. I'd much, much rather own him than Bobby Portis, even though Bobby Portis is getting, uh, is starting. He's not playing starters minutes. And even if Bobby Portis was playing starters minutes, I would still, uh, I'd still wait to see how he plays before I would, um, before I would have him on a, in a standard league team. I'm just not sure Bobby Portis is, is anything for fantasy. Yeah, he occasionally looks all right. Um, Taj Gibson did not start when he moved to OK City. He's playing about 21 minutes. Do you think that his standard league relevance, if uh, if there was any, even maybe in the 12-team league relevance, do you think that's gone, or do you think they're just trying to get used to playing him in a system? Um, when Mark was on, we, we talked about this in the sense that he could keep that standard league relevancy if they go to what the Lakers did when they were winning the championships, when they had Lamar Odom, Andrew Bynum, um, and Pau Gasol, and they kind of just, just played those three big men. Um, I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. Um, but, that, I mean, that's the path to him getting the minutes he was getting in Chicago. Is It's him, it's Enos Cantor, and it's Steven Adams, and they don't really play much else as far as the big guys. Um I'd give it a couple games, but just a couple more. And if he's still getting the 21 minutes, I'm probably out the door on that one. Yeah, I'm about – I'm probably one more game away from dropping Taj, and it's even in the 12-team league. Um, he had – you would think OK City would want someone like Taj. I think he's kind of perfect for that team. And I'm irrationally like Taj. He's put – a lot of years, he's the he was the last bull left from that Eastern Conference Finals team, and um, I think OKC is really going to love him when he starts playing and when he starts playing hard, and they're really going to love him in the playoffs because the guy the guy doesn't quit. But fantasy wise, he was never really a, a great fantasy player anyway, and not playing close to thirty minutes really kills his value completely. Yeah, I mean. Last year in the 27 minutes, he was he was pretty good. But the year before that, in 26 and a half minutes, he, he really wasn't standard league worthy. And so, I mean, I guess I get your point. It's probably just better to let him go. Um, let's keep with the uh, the theme of looking at these how these trades have played out over the, the, the first couple games here. Boogie Cousins in New Orleans. Oh, Boogie, one of my favorites. Um, they have not won. I don't. I don't believe New Orleans has won a game, but Boogie himself uh, still looks like Boogie. Do you think uh, there's a chance that he's uh, they're they're not compatible? Him and Anthony Davis aren't compatible, or do you think they just kind of keep rolling with as good as the as they normally are? 
Um, when I had Mark on, we we talked about this. Boogie's going to be Boogie, I think. I think he's going to get the similar minutes that he got, and he he might drop to thirty two minutes a game in New Orleans. And, and this is Mark's adage; it's always has been is. The guy is basically usually what he is as far as if you look at permanent stats. He's basically the same regardless of who plays with him or, or you know, the only way it happens is if he gets miscast is like Boogie Cousins starts playing small forward, then obviously the production drops because he gets frustrated because he can't play defense on anyone. Um I don't That'd think it's fun. gonna <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen here. So I think he's basically gonna be Boogie Cousins for fantasy. Um, as far as the team fit, I don't, I don't know that it's going to win a ton of games. I mean, I don't know that the Twin Towers thing works as good in this current um, NBA. It, but. it especially doesn't work when there's nothing around you. And uh, Etwan Moore probably getting a bump in minutes, but even with a bump in minutes, I don't think he's standard league relevant. Um, I'm not worried about Boogie. I'm not worried about AD until they start hitting each other. Then I'm worried about both of them um, um, just beating the crap out of each other in, at center court. It is worth mentioning that I do believe in their next game he is suspended. Great. Uh, We did mention this. If you have been listening to our podcast, you would already have known to sell high on Boogie Cousins because he will be getting suspended every two technicals. And I think he's this is the second suspension after his his original – or is this his first – is this This his second overall or third overall suspension? I think it might be his second overall game he will miss. I believe it's on Wednesday that he's out with a suspension for getting two technical fouls. There is a lot of season left. A lot of season left. Yes. Um, uh, I think I think there's at least a couple more coming. He just yeah. he can't stop screaming at the ref. No. I think it's going to be a little bit better. I think his, his total technicals actually dropped maybe three or four just by getting out of Sacramento. But I, I still think he's going to be suspended at least two more times after this. And the reputation kind of follows him. It's just it's, it's not the best position. Oh yeah, they're, they're waiting to they're waiting to give him a T. Lou Williams. You want to talk about the other side of it? I, I think this. Oh has been yeah, kind of no, actually, you're right. We should talk about Sacramento because they've actually been playing well. Um and well, they had one good game and one bad game. Now they had 85 on Saturday against Charlotte. I don't know how you win a game with 85 points, but um. Let's talk about the two guys they got in the deal. Hmm. Well, Which I Which one you want to go for first? I you want to go, go for Tyreek or, or you I will, to... I will go with my favorite player out of the the trade, which is Tyreek Evans. I love Tyreek Evans. Irrationally, he gets me every year. He gets injured every year and uh there was talk that they were going to waive him. But uh, it turns out they didn't, and they started him back in Sacramento. Starting, I mean, how weird is it for Tyreek Evans to be putting back on a Sacramento Kings jersey? Um, um, strange. It's got to be weird for him. But um, over under on the fact that he leads the Kings in scoring the rest of the year. Yeah, you, you're, you're you're saying yes to this or no? Granted, he's only supposed to play 26 minutes a game because of his minutes restriction for his 900 injuries he's had. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with no. Uh, I don't think he is going to lead this team in scoring. I, um, yeah, there's just he's not going to play enough, and he's okay in the in that 26 minutes, but I don't think he's you know standard league 10 team relevant 
with those in those standard in, in those you know lower than 30 minutes a game i just uh, i don't see his um his value increasing very much over where it already was here's a prediction for you he gets 26 minutes the rest of the season he gives you like four and a half rebounds a game like four assists pretty close probably um pretty close to a steal uh, about 0.4 blocks and 15 points, and he leads the Kings in scoring. That I mean, you are the Kings expert, so um, I guess Who's I, will, lead him? I will Just trust you. But I would I would have went with Derek Carlson. I would have went Derek Carlson leading the leading this team. He's going to shoot a lot. He's got the ball in his hands. Um, um, he can score. I want you to look at the the game logs for the last two nights. Don't look at the 17 minutes he's played tonight. The game's only about half over. But he shot eight and 13 times. He just seems like he's def- deferring a lot to the other players. Um, Tyreek Evans had the ball in his hands a lot in that Charlotte game. He took a lot of shots in the, the limited time he was out there. I, I think even in 26 minutes, he can lead the Kings in scoring. Do you want Corey Joseph or Darren Collison the rest of the year? Mike, you're asking the tough questions. Um, probably Darren Collison because I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he plays better. But that is, I I'm think not. that's the correct answer. Um, TJ McCollum or Darren Collison? Darren Collison. That is also the correct answer. Um, I like Darren Collison. I think he should be picked up. I. Th- if he's if he's available, I'm, I'd be surprised if he is available in in your league. But if he is, he should be picked up. He's going to get a lot of usage. His usage has to go up. I, I see he's deferred a little, a little bit, like you've said over the last few games. But but he's got to start taking the shots, right? He's got to. He's yeah. He, he's definitely got to start taking shots, and at times he's not, he's not afraid to. If he's not the best player on the team right now, he's got to be one of the top two or three, right? I mean, like, he's got to. I think he's the best player on this team. Um, Willie Cullistein had an amazing game after Cousins left and then disappeared. Any um, reason to pick up Willie Cullistein in a uh, standard league? No. Not even after I mean, a 20 game. There is a reason. Game. What's the reason? There is a re- There is a reason. He could be good in the steals and the blocks categories if he gets the minutes. Um, he's going to get minutes. I think he's going to get you know somewhere between twenty six and thirty minutes a game now. I mean, there's times where he just they just don't seem to want to play him in, in certain matchups. Um, I don't know that you can count on him scoring or shooting a good percentage. Um, obviously, he's not going to make any threes. There are games where he doesn't even rebound the ball that well. I mean. For example, on Saturday in 28 minutes, he got you a whopping two rebounds and two points. Um, so the only reason would be steals and blocks production, I think, and I'm not sure that he's going to get it. So after this boogie trade, are you really picking anybody up on Sacramento? Um, in a standard league, I may take a shot. I mean, assuming that Darren Collison is owned. Yeah. Which I think that's a safe, that's safe assumption, yes. Yeah. Um, the only guy that I would pick up would be Tyreek Evans. Just, I mean, I, I read you what I think the stat line is going to be. So, I mean, if you think that's worth it in your league, there you go. Not even interested in the next Steph Curry, Buddy Heald? 
Um, I'm gonna, I want to I want to get your thoughts on Buddy. Now he's only played 26 minutes a game, which I could see that going up just because I think that at some point they're gonna be like, well, let's just let this dude play and see what he's got. Um, so what do you what are you thinking about Buddy? Given um, that he gets 26 to 30 minutes a game the rest of the way, I'm not thinking a whole lot about Buddy. Um, he's not really had a great start to his career. He's shot for the season barely just a one um barely barely under 40 percent i'm not impressed he's not getting into the line a lot and i and granted he's been playing he's been averaging 20 minutes a game which is not insignificant 20 minutes a game is, is quite a bit and he's kind of a it looks like he's gonna be kind of a three specialist he's a bad fantasy player right i mean is this, is this he reminds me of like Bradley Beal's rookie year where you were like, this guy all he does is shoot threes. Who cares? Now, Bradley Beal got better, but he could get better. But uh, I'm I'm not interested. I'm not interested in him this season, even if he's playing 30 minutes. I'm with you. Um, he got you 15 and 16 points in the first two games, but he had to shoot 50 and 60% to do it. And he gave you pretty much no other stats. Um, he's just not a fantasy guy. No, he's not interesting. Especially fantasy wise, um, is there is there anything else going around in the league? Any any trends you've seen after the All Star break that you want to talk about? Oh, I know you want to talk about Lou Williams, so go ahead. I do want to talk about Lou Williams because I secretly um, really like Lou Williams as one of those guys that no one cares about, but uh, always ends up playing uh, way above his average draft. But Lou Williams moved over to Houston, so instead of playing decent minutes in LA, he has gone to a team that is going to probably play him a little bit less, probably not a ton less minutes, but uh, a little bit less minutes, but it's a D'Antoni's offense. I'm picking, well, Lou Williams probably should be owned in all leagues anyway. Are you going to sell high on I Lou Williams people- or, or do you want to trade for Lou Williams right now? I think some people probably dropped Lou Williams thinking uh, he's not going to get that many minutes. Um, Lou Williams is Lou Williams. Um, I think the minutes are going to be down slightly maybe from where they were in, in L.A., but I'm not even sure that they're going to be. Um, they need a, another guard there. Easily kind of see him getting 25 minutes a night, and that L.A. stat line is probably going to – go up a little bit in the sense that he could probably stand to make a few more threes in, in Houston because he's probably going to shoot a few more of his attempts as three-pointers. Shot nine a game in the first two games. Let's just put it that way. He's going to shoot a lot more threes. He's just going to shoot, and that's what he does. And that's when Lou Williams is good, when he's just out there shooting. Um, I like Lou Williams a lot. I think if he's available, you pick him up. I think if you, um, you know, if a guy owns him, he probably already knows that Lou Williams is good. So I think it'd be kind of hard to trade for Lou Williams. He's kind of one of those guys you can only appreciate when you own him, because you really don't realize that Lou Williams, you know, averages over a steal a game, and gets um, three assists and two rebounds, which doesn't sound that great, but for a player who's way down on the. Uh, the list and occasionally hits the waiver wire, a guy who scores 19 points gets over two, three pointers and doesn't kill you in any stats uh, is a pretty, it's a pretty good player. And it does sound like he's going to, he might be a little bit more open in Houston as well with uh, everybody guarding 
James Harden instead of, you know, no one guarding anybody on the Lakers because they're terrible. Always underrated in fantasy. Mr. Lou Williams, always underrated. Big fan. If you uh, got a guy who's not starting Lou Williams at all, maybe uh, send your crappiest player for him. See if you can get him. All right, so I'm going to circle back to a player for my player. And it's not to say I told you so, but maybe it is. You want to guess who my player is that I'm going to circle back to? It's something we talked about Mm. a relatively short amount of time ago, but it was actually maybe a while ago now. Mm. Does he play for the Dallas Mavericks? Indeed, he does. Ooh, wow! I'm. Uh, I think I'm dead on. Uh, Yogi Bear himself. The Yogi Bear. Now, I want you to defend yourself, Mike. You were a fan of this man, and I was lukewarm on him, saying I don't even know that I would pick him up. And after one bad game, I think I'd cut him if I did. So, the last four games, Mike. Even in 30 minutes, it has not been the best. So what do you got to say about the Yogi Bear? I don't regret telling everybody to take a flyer on him because... It was, there was no cost, not? right? I mean, like, it didn't really hurt you to take a flyer on him. There's yeah, no there, cost to there's that. There's no cost to that at all. But, in fact, I'm, I'm, not really, I'm not ready to drop him. I'm not ready to drop him yet. I'm not out now on that, Yogi Bear. That is groundbreaking, okay? Now... I'm not. I don't know that I drop him in the sense that he's the starting point guard, getting starting point guard minutes, right? I mean, so that's pretty safe now that Darren's gone. Yeah, that's exactly kind of where I'm getting at. Darren's gone. He's the starting. Yogi's the starting point guard. They're giving him minutes. They're letting him figure it out. We might have a situation where he does slump a little bit every once in a while. We might have. Um, we also um, might have uh, a situation where. This guy kind of breaks out. I mean, you just don't know what you're getting with him. And his assists and rebounds have stayed consistent, even though his shooting has been has been very poor. Um, and that that was kind of my worry to begin with. Is I I mean, he couldn't make the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, this guy was undrafted in a in a bad draft, by all accounts. I don't know that this is a great player. Um. I don't know either, and I don't think anybody knows. I so, think there's a there's at least a chance, and they're giving him a chance. I'm not, you know, I'm not dropping Darren Collison just to give Yogi Ferrell a chance. But if I mean he's worth probably being your your streaming spot on your roster, right? I mean that that's that's fair to say. Yeah, if you're in a head-to-head league, you're talking about five assists and four rebounds for, uh, and, and close to a steal a game, night in, night out. You do got to be aware that uh, he's shooting about twenty-five percent in the last couple weeks, but uh, which is beyond terrible. But the guy's playing. So he's- I want I want to introduce a new game, okay? And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you be the first to play the new game. Oh wow, a new segment. Okay. Okay. The new segment is. Do, do, do. What's his stat line? Hmm. This is a this is a tough game. This is an intricate game. Rest of the year stat line? Yep. You can you can even tell me how many minutes you think he's gonna get, and then what he's gonna produce. All right, I'm excited to hear this because I I don't know that I hmm. could tell you what I think you the Yogster is gonna produce here. 
Listen, but I don't I, think it's going to be great. Well, this is a tough question. And uh, when you probably parse it out, it makes him probably doesn't make him fancy relevant, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to say he plays about 20, 29 minutes a game. Fair. I was going to say a 30, but I'll, I'll go with it. I think right around there, if he um, – there's potentially plays even more just because they got nothing else going on. But uh, 29 minutes a game, I think he's at least getting um, five and a half assists. I think he's a pretty good distributor. I'll just say four rebounds, a steal, no blocks, shoots – well, probably 40%, 39%, somewhere in there, which probably gives him only about 10 or 10 points and maybe a three, like 3.13s a game. Might be a little done on those threes. Um, I was going to say one and a half. I think that's fair, one and a half. And good free throw percentage on minimal attempts, right? I mean, we can agree on yeah, that. Yeah, no, nothing really make or break you there. Turnovers, turnovers are actually pretty good when you look at them. Yeah, that that's actually been for a point guard. That's been one of his better categories. Is not turning the ball over a ton. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if he plays a little, you. if he plays a little bit more than that, you're talking now. You're talking of over six assists. You're talking, you know, closer to four and a half rebounds, a little over steal. Closer, you know, one and a half three pointers a game. If you if he can bump up to 32, 33 minutes a game, it's not terrible. I'm with you. Um, the only worry I have is that this little four games becomes a trend and, and it, it craters. And, and we just say we're going to give more minutes to Seth Curry. And Quinn Cook is on the roster now. Uh, oh boy. We're going to play him some minutes and like. If the 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 last four games keep keep coming around, I think they could just be like, uh, you're, "You're not a, you're not an NBA guy, right? You're not you're not the player we want." Well, I mean, it depends on how bad they want to tank. Maybe they just roll with them because they're losing. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm it's always a possibility. I mean, the Sixers have done some strange moves in the past. Well, you can't. You cannot have a guy shooting under 38%, 35%. You can't have a guy shooting under 35% on your team, period. So if you can't even get that far, there's no point. There's no point in having him. And I think that there's some chance that that's the case. Yeah, and that's kind of an issue. All right, um, one last player, at least for me. Then, then we can talk about whatever you want. You ready for this? I'm ready. It is the new Denver Nuggets starting point guard, the ageless wonder, 35-year-old Jameer Nelson. Jameer coming out of – was he retired? Um, coming out of nowhere, coming out of the grave <laughs> to, to get back on the Denver Nuggets. Um, I'm really – I'm shocked. I'm shocked about um, what Jameer Nelson has been doing uh, recently. But this recently is a very small sample size. It is, it is not huge. I'm not, 
You said Denver. You said Denver would be an interesting team. They're they're not they're not interesting for I think the reasons we thought they would be. They didn't make a lot of moves. The they at least made um, a little noise, but they threw my boy Jamal Murray under the bus. I'm, I'm disappointed by that. That's what makes little sense to me right here. And why is Jam- why is Jameer why is Jameer Nelson playing and playing lots of minutes and starting on a team that has young guards that need experience? Well, they they're trying to make the playoffs, and apparently they shot to do that, and and they're they're in the spot right now. That derby gets eliminated by the late the Warriors in four games. I mean, I don't really, other than the playoff revenue from it, I don't really get it, but. It's a strategy. Um, so Jameer's maybe worth talking about for fantasy here. Like, is Jameer a guy you want? Well, I'm going to make you play our newest segment, What's His Line? Jameer oh, Nelson, man. rest of the year. What's his line? Um, here's what might be the crazy part about it. I don't know that he keeps getting these big minutes. I would bet that he gets probably 28 minutes a game the rest of the way. Um, With that 28 minutes comes like 44% from the field, uh, about a three and a half, about 80% from the line on very minimal attempts. It's worth mentioning. Um, Three rebounds, five assists. Uh, 0.8 steals, no blocks to speak of, and 10 points. Now, I think you could bump his assists and steals a little bit up from that, but is that line what the ni- 90th best player, the 80th best player? Was it even there? It's probably a little lower, maybe. So, yeah, the, barely, I think it's barely top 100, probably a little bit below. And, and, and so let's say you match that rest of the season stat line with the fact that we really don't even know what they're going to do with his minutes, if they are going to continue to play him. And to me, Jameer Nelson is only a streaming player right now. Uh, I know he's had a couple of really good games, but a couple of really good games does not, does not make me want to jump off, jump on the 35 year old Jameer Nelson bandwagon. And, 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 and this was the point I, I think that I wanted to make the whole time is, Look at Jameer Nelson's stats from 2014-2015 season onward. Never played that many games to speak of. Never really produced a whole lot to speak of. Well, surprisingly, he's on pace to play more games than he has in years, which is good for him. But also might be bad, right? Yeah, I mean... (sighs) has not shot above 40% or much above 40% in the last three years this year, suddenly shooting 45%. And the shoe, the shoe could be about the drop, right? It could be, you know, I've been really healthy, but now is about when I hit my wall and, and that's always a possibility too. Yeah. Especially if they're going to run them and start them and they're going to make, his 35-year-old knees run up and down that court against starting point guard. By the way, you know, the most point guard heavy league the league's ever been. Uh, more point guard heavy than when Jameer Nelson was actually a good point guard. 
When Jameer Nelson was Jameer Nelson, yeah. Yeah, when people were like, man, Jameer Nelson, he's like, all right. I think that's about as nice as people got. And then all of a sudden, you know, a thousand young point guards showed up and everybody's like, oh, Jameer Nelson's still playing. That's cute. Um, props to the guy, though, starting at 35 years old. Yeah, I'm not going to. I am not going to give props to Jameer Nelson for lots of reasons. I'm still mad that they're not playing Jamal Murray. That's all I'm going to say, too. Yeah, that should, um, if they got any brains, which we don't really know if they do. Um, well, let's, let's put it this temporary. way. Nikola Jokic, player, maybe one of the best players in the league, and they did not start him at the beginning of the season. I think that proves my point right there. True. And um, Nurkic, who got moved to Portland, which is about the, which is, I think, the only move they, move they made. Has been looking all right. Yes. Um, I, I still recommend picking Nurkic up. I, I like where he's going. And he's always been a real good fantasy player because he's good in our two favorite categories, blocks and steals. Um, he lost two teeth in the last game, which that's interesting. Really? I did not hear about that. Yes. No, no wonder he uh, only played PJ Tucker smacked him in the face and he lost two teeth. Well, you know, um, screw PJ Tucker. That guy can rot in hell. It's worth mentioning though that he may be a bad guy um go his way i think that was kind of what what got him out of denver was he was kind of a child when he didn't get to play so i mean not everyone's the best person in the world i guess he's starting in portland um that's hopefully his face and his his teeth don't ruin his shot um I think we covered quite a bit of what's going on. We're kind of caught back up with the crazy trade trade deadline and uh, seeing what where players are at. Uh, you got anything else or anything you want to plug? Um, not really. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Watsy four 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 four. That's four number fours. Um, so yeah, if you're looking need any questions answered or anything, I'm always available there. And I will tease that in our next show we will be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I am excited for that because they have been a, an exciting team for fantasy. So, yeah, the T Wolves are, are coming on, and that could that could get interesting. And they do have my favorite coach, and I will actually will be going to see them play against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, next month. I'm very excited about that. And it's it, and I don't want to spoil it, but can you believe that Tibbs' team has been bad defensively this year? That's been really, really surprising um, that Tibbs isn't instilling the fear of God into them to uh, to make the rotations, you know? Um, maybe Tibbs is uh, lightened up after his sabbatical. He's getting soft in his old age. Damn it, Tibbs. Uh, not, to, uh, not for long. Tibbs is going to go after him. Um, I'm probably going to be writing a little article for Hashtag Basketball. I am going to the Firegar Packs game. Uh, not because it's the Firegar Packs game, but because I was going to go see the Clippers uh, dunk all over the Bulls. And it just happens to coincide with um, there is a there is a movement in Chicago. This is not a joke. I don't know who's heard about this. But there is a movement coming out of the Bulls, uh, Chicago Bulls subreddit that um, the Firegard Packs resistance, uh, hashtag Firegard Packs, you can buy T-shirts, 
and a coordinated uh, event is happening during this game. They're going to try a, a, a large group of people is trying is getting tickets to the game, going to wear their fire guard pack shirts and chant fire guard packs during this game because it is on national television. Um, hopefully to make enough noise to fire guard packs, which desperately needs to happen. So I'm not going to buy a shirt, but I'm going to definitely chant with them and uh, probably write a little something about uh, the experience of the game and maybe talk to the guy who started it all, maybe get a little interview with him. Oh, and that is this weekend, correct? I'm, I'm not wrong about that. That Saturday. is um, this Saturday. I look forward to hearing all of that. And yeah. I look forward to hopefully the movement working out. I, I hope so as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for tonight. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at watch the boxes, all one word and get us at us with feedback for the show. If you got any questions about your fancy team, waiver wires, trades, or just want to tell us that we are great or awful, but hopefully you're just telling us that we're great. And if you like what you're hearing, rate us, review us. If you review us, it helps other people find the show and that helps everybody out. Or you can just tell a friend. Um, that's it for tonight. Thanks, Tyler, for joining me. Hey, thanks, Michael. It was my pleasure, man. As always, good night, everybody.